0: Hey guys, great to have you all back with us. In today's episode, we'll be discussing another aspect of the season. We will be giving our thoughts on who we think makes the Premier League team of the season, position by position. Of course, with me is my co-host Raghav. Hey, how are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm good. But I don't think this goodness is going to last forever. After this episode, I'm sure we're going to receive tens of messages. Oh, why didn't you include XYZ in that team? (laughs) <laughs> Guys, this is our opinion. This is our opinion. Obviously we're biased. We're fans just like you. So please don't yeah. be a party pooper.
0: Go go on easy go easy uh go easy on us. But yeah, ultimately, uh, even 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 we've been debating a lot, and we've been having many discussions and we have we ourselves have finding it difficult to come to consensus on certain positions. But ultimately we have managed to do so. And we'll, we'd love to hear your opinions on them as well and your team of the season. So, yeah, let's start by discussing the team of the season for 2019-2020.
1: Yes, we're going to go for a 4-3-3 formation. And in goal, we have a lot of doubts whether it should be Edison, Allison, Nick Pope, Dean Anderson, all having classy seasons. But Allison, he missed out quite some chunk and he has... I to forget the golden
0: glove. Not to forget the Golden Glove winner Edison as well.
1: Yeah, Edison and uh, Edison and Allison are aided by great defenses, and they've had. They are the two best defenses in the league. But i personally go for Dean Anderson. I think even Nithai will go for the same. What do you think? Yeah,
0: I, yeah, I agree because uh, when we talk about Allison and Edison, because they have such great backlines in front of them, and their teams are so used to playing possession football, they barely get to make those saves. And which, which are again very few. So not saying that they're bad keepers or they don't deserve the credit they're getting, but maybe a keeper who's making more saves, who's actually had to face the wrath of strikers every five minutes, who's got to face this challenge and lived up to it more often than not. They need to be given that extra recognition, which is why Nick Pope and Dean Henderson are especially being taken into consideration. And amongst the two, I think Dean Henderson has done a fantastic job. I mean, Sheffield's defensive record has been massive. And Henderson deserves uh, special mention, special credit for that.
1: Yes, Nick Pope has leaked in quite a few goals. And Dean Henderson conceded fewer goals. And only last season he was playing in the championship. And this season, potentially in 2021, he's already going to be challenging Dehaya. So that sort of meteoric rise has been... Amazing. So, we're going to lock Henderson for the goalkeeper position.
0: Absolutely. Not to forget, he's also been linked to clubs like Chelsea, clubs like Man United for a comeback to them. So, yes, he's been very stellar and he's uh, deserving all the plaudits that he's getting.
1: And the only nomination, uh, goalkeeper nominee in young player of the... Right. Season. That's
0: another big achievement.
1: So, for the four-man defence, Van Dyke, do we even need to talk about this? Come on. He's basically... <laughs>
0: Let, and let's just,
1: let's just not talk about it van dijk <laughs> i think everyone agrees with it
0: it's just he's been one of the best players in the last two seasons he deserves every bit of it yeah and so, but with him but with him uh, with him you had a couple of names for center backs uh, mainly harry maguire from united and uh, soyunku from Leicester. both have contributed amazingly to their team's defensive record this season and they've had the team finish uh, higher up the table who do you think uh, should make the pairing with one day out of
1: the two of them? See, because I'm a United fan, I've seen a lot of United games and the way Maguire's improved their defense from Smalling and Jones to having <laughs> a solid partnership with Lindelof, the improvement has been vast, even though there are meme-worthy moments. He's been caught sleeping, he's been nutmeg this or that, but the improvement he's brought to a United team, the stability he's brought, and already having the captain's armband, I think um, it's he was. He's definitely my uh, first choice in the centre-back pairing with Van Dijk.
0: I don't think I can argue with, uh, with you on that one. Because firstly, giving the captain's armband in your first season at a new club is a big responsibility. Not and just a new things, club.
1: We're, we're talking about Man United. This is one of the biggest, biggest clubs.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you couldn't have put it in another better way. And moreover, people keep trolling him for uh, for those nutmegs or those silly slips. But that is just the part and parcel of every defender. I mean, if you look at the bigger picture, at the amount of work he's done and improved. And United have been the best defensive side. Sorry, not the best, but one of the best defensive sides in Europe this season. Forget England. Yes. With Deyre not being in form. So, Maguire does deserve a lot of credit. I mean, obviously, those slips and nutmegs are a part and parcel of the game. And every even a defender like Sergio Ramos has to deal with them. So why, so why deny Maguire the opportunity or des- deny him the credit that he deserves?
1: Yeah, and for for the left back position, I think it's similar with Van Dyke. Andy Robertson has to be in there. Similar amount. Of, he's he's just contributed so much to the Liverpool team. And without, if he does have an injury, I think James Miller does cover for him decent. But Andy Robertson is an undroppable team who would go right in any of the 20 Premier League teams.
0: Absolutely, he walks into every single team at the moment. His work rate is phenomenal, and not only his work rate, his quality on the pitch. We've all seen that with his attacking influence, with his goals, with his assists, uh, he, how he assists the front three, how he tracks back, His work rate—sorry, I already mentioned that—but yeah, it's phenomenal how how energetic he is and how his aggression. He puts his aggression to the right use, and again, his fitness. He's barely missed games this season. He's been a very vital part of Liverpool's setup. Oh, yes. And you've got to give him full. Care. You you've got to include him in the team. The way he's performed has been one of the best left back performances he witnessed in England for a really long time.
1: Yeah, and he's also by far second, second to none in my opinion, best crosser in the league. Which brings me to right back position. Another great, great, great Liverpool guy, <laughs> well, Alexander yeah. Arnold. But his defensive ability is, you know. Sort of he he's really dwarfed by Aaron Mendesaka's sliding tackles, <laughs> sliding tackles. I mean, it's really debatable position, but in my opinion, I'd go for Aaron Mandesaka for the same reason. I'd want to prove Maguire. The improvement yeah. they've bought is massive.
0: So uh, not even and not being a United fan, being someone who actually loathes them. But have to give, have to uh, accept that Van bissaka has been too good. Obviously, uh, people have been, uh, people have gone berserk on seeing, um, sorry, I'm forgetting uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, obviously, he's been massive. His attacking contributions are up to no limit. He's scoring free kicks. He's giving crosses. He's helping with clutch goals, and he's helped this team win a PL title. It's not a joke. But then ultimately, he's a defender. And a defender's main job is to defend. So, not not ignoring his attacking contributions. But ultimately, for me, a defender's best stats have to be his defensive ones, no matter which type of setup he's playing in. Hmm. So yeah, Van, And Van Bisaka has been so good that attackers barely manage to get past him. It's a rare occasion. It is a celebrated one when we see an attacker actually get past Van Bissakar. That's how good he is. Yeah. So the defense would definitely look like Van Bysakha, Maguire, Van Dyke, and Robertson. Yeah.
1: And moving on to the three-man midfield. Um, in CDM position, we would like to put Jordan Henderson. What a guy. He's just a complete footballer. He's already had an award. He's already leading for PFA Players of the Year. And he's a great captain. He you know he's He has a huge on-and-off-the-pitch impact. And I remember making so much fun of him, you know, because all of his accolades included Premier League goal of the month. And within two seasons he's included Champions League, Super Cup, Club World Cup, Premier League and yeah, he has to be credited. A huge portion of credit goes to him.
0: And Liverpool team actually looks shaky without him. They don't they aren't able to perform as well as they would have liked to. And yeah, he's com and He's been such an important part for Liverpool. Whenever he's playing, they look like a better unit. They are able to move the ball around better. And during the Premier League, you've got to put the captain in. I mean, what a performance that was! Yeah.
1: And in the two in the fra the two midfielders ahead of CDM, Kevin De Bruyne again. No, no debate needed. Most goals and assists in the Premier League. In my opinion, should win the PFA's Player of the Year. And If he's not there, City do have a lot of awful lot of cover, but it's not the same. It's it's just not the same football, and he can perform in every game, whether it's against bottom table or whether it's Liverpool. He's gonna deliver regardless.
0: De Bruyne has by far been the best player in the Premier League. I mean, I feel it's a joke when people even discuss if someone else comes close. Because he's there with the goals, he's there with the assists, he's passing the ball, and he's creating chances. He's doing everything. Every bit of City player, team as great as Man City, every bit of their play goes through him. They're so reliant on him. If he's playing, it's a sure shot win for them. And he just pitch perfect in the weight of the pass, in the length of the pass. He just puts every ball in such a perfect manner. He can score goals, he can score free kicks, he can score long ranges. It's just nothing he can't do. So yeah, it'll definitely be a camp position for him. But what's interesting is who is our third midfield choice.
1: Um, I don't know. Mine is a lot controversial, but so I would recommend for you to go ahead first.
0: So our options include um, Wilfred and Edi from Leicester City, Jack Grealish from uh, Aston Villa, Matteo Kovacic from Chelsea, and uh, lastly, sorry, David Silva from City. Four of them have had a great season. NDD, for the first half of the season, played a very vital role in helping Leicester to maintain that third position on the table. He was all over the pitch, doing the Kante role so well. He was covering the entire ground, making tackles, interceptions, constantly winning the ball for Leicester. So he'll be a great box-to-box, adding balance to the... I would still go for Mateo Kovacic because, again, I've seen him perform game after game at the highest level. And he's never let me down. He's scored goals. Obviously, his numbers don't, his, his, he doesn't have the numbers to show for them in terms of goals and assists, but he's dribbling. He's up there with the attackers to rotate the ball, and he's back there with the defense as well to win it back for them. And he is also covering the entire pitch. So for me, it would be Matteo Kovacic because not only does it give balance to the team, but I think he's had a massive performance this season.
1: Now, you mentioned NDD finishing third, helping Leicester finish third. But they did end up on match day. At the end of match day, 38, United were third, Leicester were fifth, Chelsea were fourth. (laughs) And in my opinion, the biggest reason for that is Bruno Fernandes. Now I know all you keyboard warriors are going to attack me. Bruno, penalty merchant, half season. I don't give a shit about all of these things. United have finished third because of the impact Bruno Fernandes has had. No one can convince me. Otherwise, the motivation he's brought to the team, the contribution he does. He's like I remember a Norwich FA Cup tie. Um, Bruno Fernandez was completely exhausted. He's played literally almost every minute of the lockdown, post lockdown football. And 118th minute, he's running from the attacking third to his own defensive half. And he's making a last ditch slide tackle. That sort of commitment, that sort of work rate, that willingness to, you know, help United get that Champions League spot. And mind you, he did deliver. I think he is my number one choice.
0: I mean, talking would uh, like to counter certain points you made. We're talking about the entire season. This is a team of the season. We can't be considering players who performed exceptionally well since the, since the restart. I know his performances have, have helped United actually move three spots up, but ultimately, it's a team of the season, and we need to give players more and we need to give more credit to players who actually put on the show for the entire season. And moreover, that last ditch tackle that commitment I've seen from players like Kovacic and N D D throughout the season. Their box to box commitment and their box to box efforts and the way they're energetic throughout the game. I think it's gotta be both of them. But yeah, we can discuss that later. Let's move on to the forward then.
1: Yep. Left wing, loads of option. I know Aubameyang on paper is a striker, but he does, you know, drift to the left wing. Sterling has been phenomenal. He hasn't had a drop in form for I don't know how long. He's always among the score sheet. And another left wing, Sadio Mane, which is my opinion, which is my pick for this team of the year.
0: I mean, how can somebody do <laughs> against that? He's been the best set-up for Liverpool around the season. And if there's one, needs to go to him because He's been the he's, he's contributed with goals and assists. He has the highest number of goals and assists in the Liverpool front three. And we all know how important attack has been for Liverpool. And we've seen in the first half of the season, time and time again, Liverpool are either drawing or they might be one nil down. And he pops up in the end, gives them a goal or gives them an assist. It's always him. So, he has to be the left wing. He's been one of the best players this season.
1: Yeah, and just to correct you, I don't think uh, he was the most goals and assists in the Liverpool team. It was Mohamed Salah. Which is, in my opinion, again a choice for right wing. I mean, I, I really hate the fact that Liverpool have had such a good season that in every position we're considering, should it be a Liverpool player, and it does end up being a Liverpool player. I'm, I'm so, I'm so sure that City fans are gonna stop listening to this podcast after this episode.
0: <laughs> but. Can we even blame them? I mean, how good have Liverpool been this season? It's a joke. It's a joke how good, how, ind- how amazing individual performances Like Salah, Mane, Van Dyke, Robertson, Van De Sa- uh sorry, Alexander Arnold, Henderson, Alisson, they So, yeah, again, talking about Salah's numbers, his numbers are up there. We can see how massively he's contributed with the goals and assists. But I've seen many big games where Liverpool actually needed him. And he didn't boast, but he was not the one who stood up, who took responsibility and who helped them get over the line. Which is why my pick would certainly be Young Because Arsenal, even though they finished eighth, but that entire eighth position has to go to him. He's got goals every single, almost every single game. He just missed out on the golden boot. But still, the way Aubameyang has carried Arsenal, it's genuinely one man carrying Arsenal. The last time I saw this was how Hazard played for Chelsea. One man carrying the entire team, guiding them to a position. And he did it till the very end. He also managed to get them an FA Cup win. But obviously, we're talking about the Premier League. So, my pick would be Aubameyang for right
2: wing. Let's find middle ground by putting Aubameyang as the striker. Because re- like I-, I have never seen Aubameyang drift to the right wing unless it's a counter or attack or whatever. But Aubameyang, I think his two positions have been striker and left wing. So, I would like to, you know, add Salah on the right wing, Mane on the left wing, and Aubameyang as a striker. I know Jamie Wada is a good case. At his age, winning a golden boot, it's really an inspiring story. And he was he basically led the way for Leicester to get European football. But again, if not for Aubameyang, Arsenal probably would have been, you know, among Crystal Palace, Burnley. <laughs> like, they would have been maybe 13th, 12th, 13th, 14th. The percentage of goals he's contributed to Arsenal, whether it's goals and assists, um, it's been huge. So Obameyang would be my pick, just because of how solely dependent Arsenal are.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big decision to drop the golden boot winning striker from the team. But I guess that's how it'll be, because uh, to find middle ground and to actually find the right balance to the entire team, to do, to do maximum justice to everyone, I think we'll have to go with the country of Mane Salah and Obama.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I really, it does make me feel really sad that in our <laughs> team of the 11, Jamie Wadi wouldn't be there. He's had more goals and contributions, but um, again, he's aided by a better team. And Obama Absolutely. has basically been a one-man show for Arsenal.
0: Fair enough. I think that explanation works. So we've got our midfield. Uh, so we've got our defense sorted and we've got our attack sorted. What we're still debating on is whether it should be Bruno Fernandez, Mateo Kovacic to uh, to be paired alongside Kevin De Bruyne and Anderson.
2: I do have another proposal, which again <laughs> is another really hated one. Jack Relish, I think, makes a good case.
0: He does, but we've already got the attacking sense in De Bruyne now with goals, with the assistant chances created. We'd rather have some defensive reinforcement, someone to actually help Henderson out with recovering the ball.
2: You really want to think... involve Kovacic, right? I mean, you're just... I think should
0: go for Mateo Kovacic.
2: Okay. Let's, let's just keep that position aside. And I think... Yeah, we, we can agree make... to disagree over
0: there. And we can get them that best of the team.
2: So... Our final team of the 11 is Dean Henderson in Goal. Right-back, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Two centre-backs, Maguire and Mandyke, Left-back, Andy Robertson. Yeah, Centre-defensive midfielder, Jordan Henderson. Kevin De Bruyne, ahead Jordan Henderson. And in the second centre-midfielder position, Nita has gone for Kovacic and Afgan for Bruno Fernandes. And the front three is Mane, Aubameyang and Salah, the African geniuses who actually shared the last... Uh, last season's golden good so guys that's been our team of the season feel free to send us hate messages on our social media just because we didn't pick your favorite player or any player from your team and stay tuned for the next episode this is going to be our biggest episode yet we have a good guest coming in so stay tuned for that till next time